and welcome into this week's Dublin to Denver podcast with me, Colm Cronin, and I am joined as ever by my co-host, Stuart Roach. Stuart, how are you doing, sir? I am doing as well as a man can be expected to do when the Chiefs, in the week the Chiefs move passes in Super Bowl tokens, Colm. Um, not hugely unexpected and yet still disappointing. Um, and I think, you know, if ever we needed a reminder of just how far we have fallen and how much work we have to do, I think we got it on Sunday night. And I think we also then got it um, in, in the days following on from the Chiefs' overtime win against the Niners. Um, so, yeah, but other than that, great. Good, glad to see you made it home in one piece. Um, I'm sure you uh, you will regale us with stories of the Super Bowl and how much you enjoyed watching Pat Mahomes and that game-winning drive. One thing I would say about that, Colin, and we're not going to talk about the Super Bowl t- for too long, hopefully, because it's too painful. But, um, you know, we have said that the Patriots have now been, uh, you know, uh, they, they have been superseded now by the Chiefs in regards to Dynasty. Um, and to me, that was encapsulated by the absolute air of inevitability of Mahomes marching down that field and scoring a winning touchdown in overtime. There was never one moment that it was in doubt for one second for me, Colin, and I imagine it was probably the same for you watching it live in the in the stands. So, yeah, a lot of work to do, Colin, and uh, really needs to start, you know, as soon as I think March the 13th is the start of the new year. And um, let's see now, obviously, I think stories and rumors, mock drafts and trades, QBs from other teams being released. It's going to really crank up now in the next few weeks. If the NFL doesn't sleep for very long, Colin. I think this week is about the only time that you're going to get some some downtime. And even there, there's been some interesting stories already, including one of our outside linebackers. Um, so yeah, no, looking forward to Colin. Look, you know, we we need to we need to embrace the fact that this is a complete reset now. Um, and uh, let's let's get at it. Yeah, um, for. I suppose what what I would say in relation to the the Super Bowl and the Chiefs at this point, Stuart, I I just recognise how good uh, they are and how good an, an organisation they are and how well set up they are. I was fortunate to be there. I was fortunate to be there at opening night. Just talk, you know, get to talk to coaches and players, and they just go about their business in in such a, a fantastic way. And when when one thing that I suppose that pops out is they've been able to keep key pieces of the coaching staff together, which I think is incredibly impressive. Spags, obviously, but it's not just Spags. Um, they have in Brendan Daly a man who now has six Super Bowl rings, and one of the things that I think is is really amazing about that is Brendan Daly won the first four of those rings as a D line coach. He won three with the Patriots. He won one with the Chiefs and after that he went to Andy Reid and he said, Andy, I'm looking for a new challenge. And Andy Reid and him agreed. They wanted to keep him in situ. They moved him to a, the linebacker coach. He wanted to get different experience. And and so working together, keeping that, and how impressive were the Chiefs linebackers over the last couple of years. So Brendan Daly now has six Super Bowl rings, uh, which is truly an amazing uh, achievement. And just, again, a testament to the way in which Reed and that organization go about um, their business. They try to keep people in place. And um, I, I hope that we can get 
back to to that. Uh, I think Pat Boland set the standard. You know, we, we talked about it before, never having back-to-back losing seasons under Pat Boland. That's where we need um, to, to get to. But that starts with accountability. And um, I, I, ju- I, don't, I don't want to harp on it too much, but again, like, oh, we, you know, the, the debacle of the past few years and the debacle of the Russell Wilson trade and the fact that there was no changes in the front office, despite Russell Wilson, despite Nathaniel Hackett. I just think that sends a message to uh, players that there, there isn't really accountability. If there's no accountability at the top, then why, you know, would uh, players feel that ultimately there's accountability on them? And I think that's something that, that has to change. But we we will delve into to next season and and perhaps uh, post Russell Wilson world because uh, you sent me uh, an article uh, yesterday that um, doesn't inspire much confidence. Is that a way to put it? Very polite way of putting it, Carl. And so this is what around seventy two hours after the Chiefs have gone back to back and and look well placed to uh, be the first team ever to win three Super Bowls in a row. Um, and we're getting articles from respected Denver Broncos journalists about is um, Jake Browning a good fit for the Denver Broncos? Jake Browning, who is the backup QB for the Bengals, who who did a, a decent job in relief of uh, an injured Joe Burrow. Um, but the answer is no, in case anybody was wondering, Jake, uh, I think of Jake Brown. Jake Browning would not be a good fit for the Denver Broncos in any way, shape or form. Um, uh, a, probably because you'd have to trade for him because he's not a free agent, so whatever little bits of draft capital we have left, you'd have to give something up for that. Uh, B, is he any better than Jared Stidham? Maybe slightly. Uh, but uh, Colin, to me, I think this just... I, and I know Colin inches need to be filled, but this just smacks of, of yet again the idea that, oh no, if, if the quarterback, you know, we need to trade back and accumulate pieces up from 12 and you know we're not just a QB away and there's so many holes filled on the roster and you're gonna hear this again and again and again a lot of this noise Colin I have to say is coming from 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 Denver media and from Denver fans like most of the uh, same mock drafts in the last couple of weeks and particularly the ones from uh, following the days on from that Super Bowl victory for the Chiefs um most people have said the Broncos are going to take a quarterback at 12. It's just a question of whether it's Bo Nix or a question of whether it's JJ McCarthy. And McCarthy seems to be the one that's getting the most noise. I know Colin, you flagged this on social media a while ago. There was a report saying that teams were a lot higher on JJ McCarthy than some fans seem to be. Um, and I, I think I can, I can understand why I ended up seeing some JJ McCarthy, um, games towards the end of the season. I saw the semifinal against Alabama where I thought he was really good. Um, I watched the replay of the the championship game against Washington, where he was not so good. But then again, neither was Penix. Um, so I, I I can understand why Jason McCarthy starting to get some heat because he's also he's, he's he's very very young. He wasn't asked to do an awful lot by Michigan because they had such an amazing defense and they had a really strong run game. Um, but I I you know so I I, I do think that we. You know, I, I'd be happy with one of those two QBs um, bought it to J.J. McCarthy. Panics, I think, has a couple more question marks around him and it seems to be dropping a little bit in a lot of the mock drafts. Um, I think the pre-draft process column is going to be huge for J.J. McCarthy. Um, and I think, you know, obviously the combine, pro days, the interviews, stuff like that, 
And but the more that I hear about him, the more it sounds like he is a Sean Payton QB. Um, so no, so Jake Browning is not the answer to the Denver Broncos. Um, but hopefully JJ McCarthy or the like might be. There's a lot of moving parts in around 12 column. It depends on you, you're gonna get and uh, Brandon Pryor did a very funny video about this, I think, in the last day or two about what's gonna happen with the um the QBs um and in this offseason. It's very funny until the bit where he gets to the Broncos where he predicts that his pain will continue because Sean Payton allegedly is a big fan of Mac Jones from the Patriots, or soon to be ex Patriot. Um but I, I think so, you know, you've got teams like Atlanta, you've got teams like the Raiders, Atlanta are picking ahead of us, Atlanta are picking just after us, and you've got the Vikings who, you know, we're not sure what's going to happen with Cousins. Um, so I think there's there's going to be a lot of intrigue, Colin, and I do think the big first piece to fall, I think, is going to be Justin Fields, where he gets traded to, because he is going to get traded. There's no way the Bears are going to pass up on Caleb Williams. Not even the Bears are going to pass up. And I say this as somebody who has a soft spot for the Bears because they lived in Chicago, but not even they are going to make a mess of this. So I think once that domino falls, Colin, once you see where Fields ends up, uh, and I personally would expect Fields to probably end up in Atlanta, and then I think you're going to see uh, the picture of what's happening with QBs in the draft and free agency is going to become a lot clearer once that move falls. But yeah, just, you know, if ever there was a an article to... Um, to strike the fear of God into Denver Broncos fans who were still reeling from events on Sunday evening column. It was the Browning to the Broncos article that we were uh, had the misfort that I had the misfortune of coming across yesterday, and then I had to share my agony with somebody else. And I picked you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think, like, what happened, you, you, Jake Browning, you know, he, he did well, in you know, as he could, I suppose, coming in in relief. But ultimately, over the course of a season, I go back to what you said, Stuart, the inevitability that I, we knew what was going to happen once the 49ers kicked that, that field goal. And you have to have a special quarterback. Ultimately, Brock Purdy was... Good, but not Patrick Mahomes. There were plenty of opportunities he missed. And when pressure got in his face, uh, he wa- wasn't able to get it done despite all the weapons and despite having Kyle Shanahan, one of the great offensive play callers. You have to have a, a QB. And that's why, to me, I, I just think you keep rolling the, the dice. I think uh, giving up draft capital to bring in um, Jake Browning, I think you're better off rolling. Go, going with um, a younger QB in the draft and, and see what happens. And if we stink next year, then you, you do what the Cardinals did and you you move off after one year. Um, And yeah, I, there will be so much discussion over the next uh, few months. I, I think Fields probably will be the, the first potential domino to, to go as we head towards free agency. Cousins obviously is the, the other piece. And, and once those happens, it, it might become clearer um i mean i i suppose the the worst of all worlds is where you end up 
a little bit, I don't know whether it's the worst, but interested in your um, thinking on this. The Steelers took Kenny Pickett a few years ago. Kenny Pickett looks okay. And because of Mike Tomlin, the Steelers, you know, end up having a winning season every year. They get to the playoffs and then they lose in the first round of the, the playoffs. Is that preferable to have that and just kind of exist in purgatory forever? I mean, they're probably a level up from the Vikings even because they, they do make the playoffs, it seems, every single season or at least they have a winning record every single season. Is it better to be in that boat or is it better to have the kind of high variance? It's an interesting question, Colin. It's a difficult one to answer. And, and I I guess where we're sort of sitting at the moment, it probably would be preferable to at least be, you know, in the hunt or, you know, really in the hunt, um, you know, like all, all year on, on the podcast, we talked about how getting to the final week, you know, and, and being in with a genuine shot. We, we were almost there, um, you know, but I think that ridiculous loss against the Patriots kind of scuppered us. So we were kind of playing the last couple of two games, I think, where there was no chance. Um, you know, you, the Steelers are going to be interesting, Colin, because I think they, they they are going to be faced with the decision soon enough. I mean, I thought Pickett looked okay last year, and, and I thought you could see, you know, this was he was a rookie last year, I think, um, going into the season. Um, and he showed enough flashes to kind of make you think, okay, this guy could could be something. Um, but then I, he he didn't, even though I know he was injured for all the season, he didn't look great at any time I saw him calm. So I think they're going to be faced with a difficult decision. But I will say this, Colin, um, recent history suggests that the Steelers are probably going to um, get that decision right quicker than Denver will. Um, because I think... I don't know, maybe Peyton coming in may actually accelerate the process, Colin, but we seem to fall over ourselves convincing ourselves that not, 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 you know, we should not make a move at QB uh, or we shouldn't draft a QB um, because, you know, Paxton Lynch didn't work out because Drew Locke didn't work out. Who cares? You know, but Paxton Lynch isn't even in the CFL anymore. It's, it's ancient history. Move on. I mean, I know you and I and every other Broncos fan, presumably, um, that's watched the NFL the last year's, you know, the Bradley Chubb over Josh Allen decision is one that will haunt this franchise probably for the best part of two decades. But it's, you know, it happened. We've got to get over this and we've got to get on with it. And um, I think now, Colin, I know you mentioned some time ago how we had something like, what, four picks in the top 10 in a, in, in a certain period of time when we somehow managed to not come away with the QB, which is like dereliction of duty. Um, like... We are picking at 12, Colin. We don't have a huge amount to give up, but if we needed to get up to nine, we could do that. We're not going to be able to get up to two. Like there was a preposterous um, uh, trade scenario floated by, I can't remember who it was, where we somehow managed to get up to pick two and get Drake May, but we give away, you know, every draft pick for, you know, the 2000s and the 20s, it looked like. And uh, we're not going to be able to do that. Um, but I do think we're able to get somebody, and I do think if Sean Payton is a QB whisperer, I think he should be able to get somebody at 12 and make that work. So I think it's okay now, Colin, for, for where we are. But I think, you know, in, in regards to purgatory, we have to get out of it. And I think pick 12 is just about enough to do that. Um, you know, because I, I, in some ways, Colin, I think, though, what is interesting to me is the fact that despite the silly noise that's coming out about all options being on the table, the fact that we have effectively, it seems, decided that Russell Wilson is gone. I mean, I think we now have to rip the band-aid off 
uh, and just deal with it. Something has to happen. We cannot go into the season with Jared Stidham as the starter and the free agent options that are most likely going to be out there calling are they're they're there's just no way a fix for what what we need and um, so i think in some ways i think we're just gonna have to draft a qb in the first round and we're just gonna have to to roll with that um, and i'm okay with it i think because the, the alternative is it's just more of the same you know um we've been in various sort of levels of hell or purgatory for the last couple of years and i think it's about time we got out of it um and, and I and I agree with you now, Colin. I think within reason, I think you draft a QB that early, you play him, and you just have to you just have to see what's going. Because what's the, what's going to happen? What's the worst that could happen? You know, we're losing season. Sure, Jesus, we've plenty of losing seasons at this stage, you know. And at least you'd feel like the QB is on a journey to to reaching some sort of potential. And at least it'll be Sean Payton's QB because he, he Russell Wilson never was. Um, yeah. But I mean, if you're asking me, would I prefer to be in the Steelers or Broncos position right now? The Steelers. I, I, I just think for me, you, you roll the dice and, and you see um, what what happens um, because until you find that kind of superstar QB, and there's no guarantee even then, but, um, you know, the, again, I go back, 49ers had one of the best offenses in the league. They traded for Christian McCaffrey. They had a great defense. They, um, they signed Har, um, Hargrave. They traded for Chase Young and ultimately they, they still lost. Um, the other thing that's probably come up this week, Stuart, is around um, I suppose the the merit the the merits of fandom or, or what you should what type of fan one should be, and th- this all came about um, because um, an account um, put out kind of a, a list of of some of the issues uh, with that the Broncos face in terms of the the lack of draft capital and. Um, various other bits and pieces and then Nick Benito uh, said uh, well why don't you go and support somebody else then what are your thoughts on what Benito uh, tweeted out in response to to that so Alex Ferguson um, is by anyone's measure one of the top three football managers of all time Colin Um, and he said something similar when Chelsea um, were bought over by a wealthy Russian billionaire with a murky past, I think we'll leave it at that because I don't want to be found down an alley somewhere in two separate bins. Um, And he said Chelsea were suddenly spending money left, right and centre and it looked like United were being overtaken by Chelsea. And I think it was in an airport con where a couple of Manchester United fans um, criticised Fergie because um, the signings were not sufficient and it looked like we were falling behind. Fergie said effectively the same thing to these fans as Nick Benito did and in fairness got an absolute pelting on, 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 a, on, a, on, a, on a sort of an early version of a social media call and in the press and around football Fergie was was pilloried for these comments and rightly so because you don't get to decide what way a fan thinks about a team or what way a fan behaves about a team within reason of course nick benito had a terrible rookie campaign last year and flashed genuine promise this year and i think probably ended up as our leading sack um uh, artist this season 
probably on about eight, eight and a half. So we are not talking the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. We are talking somebody who's taken a good step forward in his career and looks like a decent NFL pass rusher. So Nick Benito would probably be better off concentrating on getting better as a player and um, spending less time on social media looking at what the files have to say because they're entitled to. If they show up at the game, they're entitled to um, voice their opinion. Um, and also I think Nick Benito could be better off looking around the Broncos' home stadium in the month of December um, where you'll see as many empty seats probably as you will ones filled with fans because football that's been served up by the Broncos in the last couple of seasons has been horrendous. Um, I can kind of understand where it's coming from in some ways, though, because I think, you know, it's easy for us to say, and I, I would like to think, Colin, we would be constructive fans. I know we would be critical of certain aspects of the team, but I don't think we're going to, you know, just slaughter the team. I think we, we've been fans long enough that we want to see this thing fixed, and there is an element of extremism, I think. Um, and I'm not sure if it's just... Denver Broncos fans, Colin, but I do think the fact that we have been so mediocre for so long, I think, is, seems to be bringing out sort of um, more headbangers, perhaps, than one would have thought the Broncos had as fans over the years. Um, and it's understandable, I suppose, because we have sucked, let's be honest. Um, but I do think this is another example of, of, of just this huge kind of, you're either massively pro Broncos and everything they do is amazing or, or everything you, that they do at the moment is, is horrible. And as always, Colin, it's somewhere in between. I think the Broncos have made an awful lot of mistakes. I don't think anybody's losing on purpose. Um, but I think Nick Benito probably would have been advised to stay away from this stuff because, I mean, what's, what, he's not going to change this guy's mind. Um, and all you're doing is bringing unnecessary flack. And, and, like, it's the off-season, man. You should be... Surely you've got better things to be doing with yourself. And you're not... But like, ultimately, I do think, Colin, you know... I don't agree with fans going to the stadium and booing players, Colin, because I think that does sometimes have an impact on the player's performance. Um, but on social media, like, you, you don't have to go on to Twitter, whatever the hell it's called these days. You don't have to go into Instagram. You don't have to go on Facebook. You know, nobody's forced you to do these things. Um, and... You know, a lot of the times, unfortunately, in the last year or two, they've kind of become cesspools anyway. So I'm not sure why a professional athlete would want to, unless he was tagged by the article column. I don't know. And um, it seems peculiar that he would take the time to respond because I don't see what was t to be gained by doing that. Um, and particularly not if his answer was to go and support somebody else because that's never going to end well. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the extremes of social media, um, you, you would think everybody in the, the world wa was nuts. And that same account that kind of listed all of the problems with the Broncos, we're six weeks on from that account uh, saying, um, whether people want to admit it or not, Patrick Mahomes looks like he's experiencing an unprecedented decline. He's not what he used to be. Well, Patrick Mahomes had one of the most impressive playoff performances that I have ever seen. He has been exactly what his team needed him to be. Uh, he um, played conservative when he needed to. He took shots when he needed to. His leadership was there. Uh, he was fantastic. He's the reason the Chiefs are once again uh, Super Bowl champions. So people throw stuff out there. And I just think if you look at, again, th there are accounts that are like, you know, 
unrelentingly positive. Is that any better? Like there, I remember reading last year, there was an account that stated Sir Tan and Mathis would be nationally recognised as a top five cornerback duo by the end of the year. Tell me how that worked out for Damari Mathis. And again, like when Nathaniel Hackett was hired, there were accounts cheering on, this was going to be the best. When George Payton was hired, this was going to be the best thing ever. And every move that was made initially was heralded as this is stunning. This is incredible. This is the best thing the Broncos could could have done, and then quiet, just just completely ignored um, when they th- those moves didn't play out. So I think if you're looking at either end of the, of the spectrum uh, on social media, I don't think either of those things are a good thing. I don't think being unrelentingly positive or being unfairly critical uh, is uh, a good way of, of going about business. But I, I think. Yeah, there there is no right way in in some ways to to be a fan. At the same time, there will be people who are incredibly positive, no matter what happens, and will tell you that this is going to be the the Broncos' year. And there'll be people who, you know, would uh, we could win the Super Bowl, and they'd still find things to um to complain about. So we the, the we are where we are. But yeah, I, I just I don't think for um. For players in particular, because of some of the stuff that gets said on social media, I, I just I can't imagine what what it's like. Because you know, you, no matter what you do, you know you can ultimately just cop, cop in crazy flack. Sometimes it's not even based on anything in in reality. So, uh, it's, up, sorry, come just go if if anybody's wanted wants an example, we're talking about go on to Stinks Twitter account. And see some of the interactions he has about with fans about offensive line play. That that's all you need to see. This is somebody who's won three Super Bowls, who probably should be in the Hall of Fame, and um, who has an incredible football brain and has been a fan, you know, a friend to us over the years. I'll be honest, at that point we've had on the show, we love Stink. Uh, but to me, it's baffling that somebody would go on. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on to Twitter now and I'm going to show Stink how he's wrong about O line play. I mean, Jesus Christ, who wakes up and thinks that? You know, that's, that's, but it's there. Go on, look, go on, have a look at Sting's history on Twitter. It's, it's kind of amusing if it wasn't, and also scary at the same time. But, you know, hopefully these people kind of stay in their basements um, and don't emerge very often. Um, but yeah, just crazy. And, and no matter how good you are, there, there will be mistakes, you know? Um, B- Bill Walsh made mistakes. Um, John Elway made, made mistakes. Tom Brady made mistakes. Patrick Holmes makes mistakes. Um, and, and that's just how the, the world works. But um, if if this is what it's like in the middle of February, which could be in for a very long uh, off-season, Stuart and I will be here to see you through the entirety of the off-season. And um, we will get to see, I suppose, how it plays out over um, the the next uh, little while. Uh, I think the the first move of the offseason, Stuart, was uh, Jonas Griffith has been uh, signed on to a, a one-year deal. Uh, I think that may be an indicator that they expect uh, Josie Jewell uh, not to return, but we will have to see how that plays out. That news uh, came out overnight here. Uh, Stuart, I want to thank you for uh, joining me uh, as always. And uh, we will be back next week when we will be closer again to 
free agency. Obviously, the Broncos not having a huge amount of money to play with, but um, they're going to have to figure uh, some stuff out. So it will it will be interesting to see how they go about approaching things and what they uh, intend to do uh, if and when um, they do cut Russ. Do, do they designate it a, a post-June 1st? Do they just take it all in, in one year? Um, I, I think they probably spread it out, but who knows? There are lots of, of, of intrigue. Um, with that, we'll say we'll leave it there so and go Broncos. Go Broncos.